Ho, 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 tis the season for giving. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about Disney Plus's original movie, Noel, that debuted last year when Disney Plus premiered. Noel is all about figuring out who is going to be the new Santa Claus after the original Kris Kringle passes away. But this holiday, you do not have to do any waiting because Riss and Cal has all your holiday needs ready to go. Isn't that right, Casey? They sure do. They've got it covered. Seriously, I'm doing my shopping this weekend. Exactly. With cell phone accessories that range from um, earpods at a fraction of the cost of the ones from the fruit to a special supercharged bundle that includes wall charger, car charger, and four charging cables. That's just 35 bucks. Risen Cal has everything you need for anyone that has a cell phone in your life. And let's be honest, that's pretty much everybody. Great for stocking stuffers, great for just outright gifts under the tree. Wherever you are gift giving, they have it all. And if you use the coupon code BEERS at checkout, that is B-E-E-R-S, you're going to get an additional 15% off your purchase. And if you spend over $50, Risen Cal will even ship you a free Bluetooth Beers and Ears keychain speaker as a special gift to you so many deals going on. Yeah, that's like amazing. And by the way, these things are really awesome. We've been giving these out as gifts. You're actually able to get one as a gift with purchase. So it's a win-win all the way around. Absolutely. So head on over to www.4frills.com backslash shop. That is the number four, P-H-R-I-L-L-S.com backslash shop. And use that coupon code BEERS. Get your holiday shopping out of the way without ever having to put on your pants. But hurry, this deal is only good until December 31st, 2020. And for that speaker, supplies are limited. So go on 4frills.com slash shop right now. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey and my name is Matt. How is everyone doing today? I am doing great, Matt. You know, I was just listening to you do that uh, opening uh, uh, ad for the Four Frills, and I realized I don't know if we can be friends anymore. You say coupon, and I say coupon. That's a problem yeah. with me. I, I take offense to the word coupon. What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's but it's it's gray coupon. It's not gray coupon. But, but it's not the same thing. It's coupon. Are you not from the Michigan? Are you not from the Midwest? What is wrong with you? Okay, okay. This this will solve the this will solve it right here. Do you say the following word? C R A Y O N. C R A Y O N. Crayon. Okay, you and I can be friends because if you said crayon, we were gonna we were gonna have to throw down. Is all I have to say. So no, we're good. Crayon. Have you never heard people say that? It drives crayon. Like, what is that? Crayon? No, it's crayon. It's a crayon. But I think that, I don't know, it's a Michigan thing, I suppose. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk. <laughs> I'm going to get you into the coupon category at some point. So, all right. Anyway, hello, everyone. How's everyone doing out there today? Uh, <laughs> I get your linguistics lesson for the day. <laughs> So we have a special Christmas episode, uh, surprise, surprise. We are diving in to one of Disney Plus's 
um, original movies that they debuted last year when the when the uh, channel first debuted, and that is Noel. Uh, I remember watching it on the previews last year, Matt, at the Disney store. And then I remember as soon as the movie uh, or the Disney Plus came out, I think it was one of the first things I watched over the weekend, the first weekend it was out. How about you? Yeah, this was one of the big launch things, really outside of The Mandalorian. Like, clearly The Mandalorian was their flagship, this is what we're launching with. Noel was kind of, like, in that next tier of, hey, and we're also pl- uh, trying to really push this. And, I mean, you said it. It was on the DVD at the Disney Store. So Disney stores all around uh, the United States and Canada were running the Noel uh, trailer every about hour and a half to two hours. And so they really were wanting people to watch that. Um, and like you, yeah, I mean, what my wife and I, we had just gotten Disney plus and, uh, I had seen the preview at the Disney store and was like, Hey, you know, it's Christmas time. Let's, let's watch this. Yeah. You know, I have, to, I have to say, I am a little surprised that Disney decided to go with a holiday movie like that at launch, I get, you know, it was Christmas time and I understand they were trying to go for that, that vibe. But, you know, we kind of touched on this uh, in our episode when we talked about the Santa Claus franchise, that it's really hard uh, to break through with a holiday movie that becomes a classic. And in Disney plus Disney was really kind of storming some new territory here, forging some new territory in that this wasn't even released in the movies. This was being released for their platform. And I I do remember thinking to myself, I didn't see a lot of necessarily upside or ROI on the idea that this was going to get released. I didn't see, I didn't see people storming the bridges to buy Disney plus because of Noel. Like it, it did seem a little weird that they hit this as hard as they did with the marketing when Disney plus debuted and then we're going to get into the movie itself and talk a little bit about that, but it did just seem a little bit of an awkward play. Did you feel the same way on that? Oh, I agree. I mean, anything holiday, like you said, it's, it's hard because I'm not going to watch Noel in May. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I can, like it's available. It hasn't gone anywhere, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. I don't really, I'm not a big Christmas movie in other times of the year. I love Christmas at this time of year, but outside of that, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching Christmas movies throughout the year. And I mean, really there was no supplemental stuff for it either. So, I mean, there's no product for it, which if there was, I don't know what it would be, but there's nothing really else. It's it's just a movie that got released to Disney plus. It almost feels like Disney was kind of like getting their feet wet. I mean, remember when this released, it was not what it is today where the pandemic happened and everyone was inside and went, Oh, we might as well get a streaming service because we're stuck inside. You know, it was still in its infancy at this point. And I think they were kind of getting their toes wet to see what would happen if they put out an original content. Yeah. You know, Reading up on this a little bit as I was preparing for tonight's episode, you know, when they originally, you know, started pr- production on this, it was in 2017, January 2017. They were originally planning on releasing it in the theaters. November 8th, 2019 was something they were originally planning to do. And then somewhere around February 2018, so about a year after production started, they decided to make it a Disney Plus movie instead. And it's interesting because I think. In any other age, if if this was not Disney Plus, if this was any other streaming service, you know, whether it be HBO or 
the Hallmark channel or whatever, this would be one of those things where it's like the movie would go, it would play for a season and it would go to die. Frankly, I am curious to see how much play it gets this year because it's a year old, right? I mean, it clearly has some timeless quality to it, which is fine, but as we've already kind of covered in, in the Santa Claus episode, and we're going to probably talk about the same thing when we talk about Home Alone in our upcoming episodes, it is really hard to break through that category and say, this is a Christmas movie that I want to play year to year. I mean, frankly put, Matt, had we not been doing a review on this, I don't know if I would have watched Noel again this year. Like, I have my staples. I have the Santa Claus. I have Home Alone. I have Christmas with the Cranks. I have Christmas Vacation. You know, we have the the 14 versions of the Grinch that we can watch. But, like, this one, it almost has... It, it reminds me of a Hallmark classic Christmas movie, but just on Disney+. Plus. And again, we're going to talk about the movie itself. I just... I don't know how much play it's going to get this year. So um, I think you read my notes beforehand because (laughs) I I literally have the exact same thing. The way I have it down is it is a very vanilla ice cream movie Yeah, where it's not bad. I don't think this is a bad subpar movie, but if I'm in the mood for ice cream, vanilla is not what I'm striving for i'm seeing what else i have now if you know it comes down to it and it's and someone hands me vanilla ice cream it's like oh okay it's still ice cream i can i can get down with this you know this this will be fine i'll have a good time but the movie is just fine it's fine it has good moments which i'm sure we'll get to it has some questionable moments which i'm sure we'll get to as well but it's just it's fine it's it's I, and I agree with you. I really would be interested to see. I don't think Disney Plus releases this, but I would love to see the stats on yeah. how many people are rewatching this. Did this become a movie that people said, I like this enough that I'm going to watch it again next year? I didn't have that. Like yeah, you said, I, I had we not been preparing for this podcast, I don't think I would have watched it again. Yeah. But because we did, I did to remind myself, but I, I I don't know. I'm curious what other people think. And like you said, it's not a bad movie. I mean, we did our Disney plus grab bag episode and it was one of the movies I threw out there and said, Hey, watch it if you haven't, because it is a cute movie. I mean, it is, it is cute. It's a fun little movie. It's, it is like you said, relatively vanilla. I mean, it's the plot is relatively predictable. You know, it, it there's no craziness to it. I almost think that sometimes today's TV, kind of ruins that for us that when you do get a movie that is relatively predictable, it almost gets ruled as boring, which I think is unfair, but again, it's a good movie, but I I think about it. Netflix does this now, you know, Hulu's doing some of it now again, Disney plus where they release these, this original content, you know, meant to be classics or whatever, but there, you know, again, think of those Hallmark movies. I don't watch the Hallmark channel at all, but I know a lot of people who do and, and they get into the trap of once a, once a night for every 30 days of Christmas, they watch a new movie, but it's like, do they ever watch that same movie again? Probably not. I mean, how many, how many Hallmark movies has Melissa Joan Hart star started in or, you know, <laughs> it, it just, it just seemed like crazy. Like in Netflix, for example, they released a new one this year called Jingle Jangle. And it's an adorable movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. It just came out like a week and a half ago. Nate and I sat down, had no idea what we were getting into. And it was like a cross between a Christmas movie and the greatest showman. 
It was, it oh, was a really cool. good, yeah, it's a really good movie. That is a movie I actually may watch again. It has, it has some of the, um, I, I don't know, the magic of like the Polar Express, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. So definitely one I'd watch, but Noel, yeah. And, you know, I think we're going to talk now here about the movie itself and why maybe it doesn't have some of that magic. So let's, let's dive into that a little bit, Matt. You know, when we start looking at movies, you know, we always say, what was our favorite part? What was our least favorite part? You know, what were some of our favorite characters? So let's just start. Did I, I guess maybe we start with kind of the plot a little bit. So the idea here is Noel is basically Chris Kringle, the original Chris Kringle. Well, not the original. He's one in a line of many has passed away. He happens to be the father of Noel. And uh, I believe it's uh, Nick. Is it? Yeah. Nick Kringle. And Nick Kringle is supposed to take over the mantle of being Santa Claus, but he's terrified of doing it. And so his sister says, Hey, why don't you go take a break for the weekend and then come back? But he never comes back. And then, so they put uh, Gabriel Kringle, who's basically the cousin, the techie cousin in charge and all goes haywire at the North pole while uh, Noel Kringle goes to find uh, Nick uh, in Arizona of all places, which I just think is hilarious. So that's kind of the, the premise of the movie. Matt, did you have any favorite parts of the movie that that kind of spoke to you? I like the world building of it. Like, I like the idea that here's the North Pole. You've got this excitement of, you know, you got the newspaper. You've got the Elf Council. You've got training to become Santa. You know, you see Noel helping her brother Nick with the training of they've got a fake chimney with fake snow. And I... I I like that in a Christmas movie. I think that's that's an interesting, I don't want to say different take. It's not like wildly different, but you can tell they at least spent a little bit of effort instead of just being like, hey, it's the North Pole and Santa's there. There's a little more effort put into it. Other than that, it's it's kind of your classic fish out of water story. Like it's mm-hmm. for some odd reason, somebody has from the North Pole has to go into the real world where the real world doesn't believe in Santa anymore. And so they have to convince that Santa's real. And then they finally say, well, I'm actually from the North pole. And the person goes, no, you're not That's stupid. And then they realize, Oh wait, no, they actually were. And then the day is saved. Like that's, that's, (laughs) that's a normal uh, Christmas movie that happens in thousands of Christmas movies. Um, Other than that, like honestly, there weren't any characters that like jumped off the page for me or sorry, not the page, the jumped out of the screen. Like they're very just fine. And I think what gets me is I really love Bill Hader. Bill Hader is in uh, a couple of shows and some movies that I really, really like. And he just is is just very fine in this movie. And so it's 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 odd. It's odd that everything is just so fine. Yeah, it's it's plain Jane. I mean, and again, folks, if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it. I mean, you're not going to hate it, but you're not going to walk away loving it. And, and and honestly, that could be the reason why one of the reasons why Disney made the decision to not put it in the theater, because let's be honest, putting it in the theater takes time and money and an investment. And, you know, they might have looked at this and said, OK, it's a fine movie, but is it theatrical release quality and you know after watching it i can totally see why they would not think it's theatrical release quality and there's a number of reasons for that i'm with you i loved the the scene setting i absolutely loved what they did with the north pole i loved how they brought it into the modern era with the techiness 
I yeah. also um I also am a fan a little bit of of the uh, the scenes in the mall with the mall manager. I, I thought that she was just really funny. I'm trying to see here who played her real quick. Uh Diana Maria Riva is Helen Rojas. I just think she was hilarious and and just the way that everything played out in the mall, I thought was really well done. But you're right. And when I look at the and Shirley, I will say Shirley MacLaine as Elf Polly is hilarious. I think she she absolutely nails it. I think she's a great character. And I've always been a fan, always been a fan of Julie Haggerty, who plays Mrs. Kringle. Um, I've loved her in some of her previous roles. She actually plays the mom in a movie that probably dates back 12 years called uh, just friends with Ryan Reynolds. Have you ever seen that? I have. I have I, seen that movie. I know exactly what movie you're talking okay, about. That by the way is a Christmas movie. I can watch that during Christmas. And it, it it's one that, that to me, I'll, I'll rewatch it because it cracks me up. I just, <laughs> so for the, it's for those of you who don't know, it's, it's a, it's a movie where Ryan Reynolds plays an overweight, uh, high schooler and he gets picked on and then he grows up and he's this skinny like Hollywood executive and it's got I think it's got um what's the the name of the um the crazy person in that I can't remember but it, it, it's it's a hilarious movie but anyway Julie Haggerty plays the mom who is just absolutely oblivious to anything going on in her house and so I do think she plays a really good Mrs. Kringle in this. I just, I think she does a good job. So I definitely think it's um, it, her, her role. And again, Shirley MacLaine. And, and again, I'm not, Anna Kendrick's does a good job as, as uh, Noel. I've just never been a big Anna Kendrick fan. So. <laughs> and, and let me say this, I, this is a very biased thing because not everyone went through this. I, I've, I saw the trailer for this movie. Uh, let's make a guesstimate as 150 <laughs> yeah. times, like a, yeah. a, a, more than any of you have watched uh, combined. Yes. And so one, this is something that I, it, not just a pet peeve with this movie, but a pet peeve with, with a good chunk of movies where in the trailer, they reveal pretty much everything and all the funny parts. And so you get to these parts in the movie that are supposed to be these really big impact moments or funny moments. And they're like, okay, yep. I haha, but I've seen that a thousand times. The, the, the big one for me is in the trailer, it shows Noel finding her brother in Arizona at this. I, I don't feel like I need to give a spoiler alert because this trailer is, is this is in the trailer <laughs> Um, finds him in a, he's running a yoga studio, a yoga shop. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll be honest, that would be funny if I didn't know if I had been watching this movie and I'm like, well, yeah, where, where is he? I, I wonder where he is. I want, he, she, she knows he's in Arizona, but someone's trying to find him. Oh my gosh. And then to find him in a yoga studio. Wow. That would have been hilarious. But as I'm watching this movie, it's like, well, where did Santa go? Where did Nick go? It's like he's he's at a yoga studio. Like I, I know already. And I think that and that brings us back to the point that we've been trying to make all along, which is they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to even put that kind of a trailer out there. They could have they could have just said, hey, Noel, new Disney movie coming out about Chris Kringle's daughter. And it could have been a real quick 30 second teaser. It's not like that trailer 
had anybody say, oh my God, Noel, I got to get into Disney Plus right now because of that trailer, man. Like, I mean, if we're, sign me up. It signed me up. Yeah, Andrew Kendrick. I mean, it was, you know, the reason why people signed up for Disney Plus were because <laughs> Verizon offered a free year service or they got the buy two years, get one free, or let's be honest with you, The Mandalorian. And that was the biggest reason. Maybe High School Musical, the musical, the series, although I doubt that. I think it was The Mandalorian. And access to literally every Disney classic you could ever imagine. Noel was not the reason. And and by the way, if any of you are out there and you signed up for Disney Plus to watch Noel, we are going to do a special episode with you. So call us, email us, Twitter us, tweet us, whatever, and we will do a special episode because we will have a conversation with you. Uh, that special that... episode is going to be a psychi- psychiatric evaluation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, I got to tell you, great guess on the number of times you watched that trailer. So I did the math on it. I figured if that DVD at the Disney store ran every 90 minutes, which is about right, in an eight hour shift, okay, times five days a week, which is how many days a week you worked for eight weeks, it was 213 times you saw, you heard that trailer. Yeah. I, honestly, <laughs> I probably still have that trailer memorized. Um, it, it, there, there was a, there was a Christmas, um, you know, in that song, it's a, I believe it's a Kelly Clarkston song that they have running over it. And it's, I think it's the end credit song too. And, yeah. you know, we turned on a Christmas playlist um, in my house and instantly that song comes on. I'm like, oh, this is from the Noel trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean obviously we talked about good parts i mean bad parts again i don't think there are bad parts there are mediocre parts there are parts that were spoiled from the trailer as we've talked about i don't think there were bad parts um i already listed my favorite characters did you have any favorite characters on your end i do have actually one uh bad part that i that okay. i really didn't like and that was um, the cousin, Billy Eichner's character. Okay. I I felt like he was a, like he was kind of supposed to be the antagonist of the movie. Like he's the one that creates the problem at the North Pole because he decides, ooh, I'm going to try to make this algorithm that shows uh, that actually only like 2,000 kids are nice. And then I'm going to send mm-hmm. him an email describing why they're nice. Like it but but he wasn't doing it out of any malice. Yeah. So it was just like like malpractice that everyone at the North Pole was just allowing to happen. No one was like, dude, just calm it down. Like like you can't just this isn't what Santa's supposed to be. Stop this. And it, it wasn't I, I didn't get the feeling like his character would have been like, no, I'm in charge. Let me but ask you this. Let me ask you this, because do you get a feeling like the storyline here was almost a little of a of a recycled toy Santa from Santa Claus Two recycled storyline. Like I, I really get the feeling like like in, in, in what you're describing there is basically he's the toy Santa without the the rule book and the malice the toy Santa had. Like he did the same thing. He's like all these other kids are going to get coal. All these kids, the only good kids in the world. There's only 2000 of them. You know, obviously the toy Santa no one was good, but it almost feels like it was just a repetitive of the Santa Claus 2 in that regard. Yeah, I I agree. But except it wasn't the toy Santa's interesting because he's yeah. like really this malicious evil being. The cousin is not is not malicious. They don't make him out to be. They almost make him seem to be like an aloof, idiotic, smart person. Yeah, I mean, I I'm agree. sure everybody knows someone like that. I mean, I know people like that, that they are 
book smart or tech smart or whatever smart, but don't know what street they live on or something like that. <laughs> he um, was truly an IT guy. I mean, I mean, don't no offense to our IT professionals. I like, I'm pretty good when it comes to IT. So are you, but I have met some IT folks who are very smart when it comes to IT stuff, but when it comes to the common sense, woohoo, no one's home. So yeah, I think exactly. that's kind of what this was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it just, it just didn't, that yeah. just didn't quite land for me. No, I got you a hundred percent. And I think maybe that could be one of the reasons why it feels so vanilla. It feels so, eh, any characters that you liked or didn't like besides the, the, the cousin. When you mentioned Mrs. Claus, I, 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 I went, oh yeah, yeah. Like I enjoyed her por- portrayal of Mrs. Claus yeah. and I do like the idea of Santa you know, at the end, she's uh, delivering all the gifts and she can understand sign language and other languages and connect with other children. And I think that's a really sweet explanation to how like Santa can be he, he can be so magical to all children and not just a certain type of child. Yeah, I also like too that. Santa ends up not just being another guy. It ends up being her. It ends up being, yeah. you know, that Santa, there's nothing in the rule book that says Santa has to be a man, an old white man, right? A, a, a Santa is whoever you make Santa to be in your life, right? You know, we have a belief here on this podcast that Santa Claus is real and Santa Claus is real. And kids, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, you got to be good. You got to, you got to do what your parents tell you. But I will tell you this, Santa Claus, beyond just being real, Santa Claus, you, we can be Santa Clauses for each other too. And being Santa Clauses for each other means that that we recognize the good in others and, and we appreciate the good in others. And, we, and, and when somebody is good, we reward them. And sometimes that reward doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can be a smile. It can be a, a, a simple hug uh, back when, you know, back when we're eventually allowed to touch one another again, uh, a handshake or just a simple <laughs> acknowledgement of one's good behavior. I think that's what being a Santa Claus is, is all about. And, you know, to the parents out there who, who have this conversation about whether Santa Claus is real or Santa Claus is not, you know, I've heard great stories out there about how do you explain Santa Claus to your, your child? How do you explain Santa Claus in terms of as they get older and maybe they stop believing? What does that mean? Right. And so I do like that this story ends in the fact that anybody can be a Santa Claus to anybody, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate the message behind it. But yeah, just I I mean, I I'm not going to watch this next year. I don't think we're going to do a yearly review of Noel on Disney Plus. <laughs> and I'm going and I'm going to say something right now for being the sequel king that I am, Disney, if you're listening, do not make a sequel out of this movie. I won't even go see it. So just don't waste your money. Okay? Just just, just your market's don't. gone if Casey's you're, not seeing it. Exactly. <laughs> your market is gone, man. So there's just don't just just don't just I like I know they're doing a Christmas Chronicles, too. I don't know if you saw the Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're doing a second one, uh, which rightfully so. The first one kicked butt. That's another one I'll probably watch again. It was a really good movie. Not this one. Yeah, I don't I don't <laughs> think that they will. I, I think it was this. Th- there was this really awkward time where they knew Disney Plus was coming and you do want to pump it full of content yeah. that 
that, you know, even if it's a mediocre movie, I mean, and a good example of this was um, the live action Lady and the Tramp, which I still haven't seen um, <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm just not a big Lady and the Tramp guy. But anyway, but I, from what I gather in the reviews and what people tell me, it's another movie that it, it's fine. But you need stuff that is eye popping and hey, what's new out there? But I, I think my counter to that to the Disney company is. I, the the draw to me and to so many of Disney Plus was not what new original stuff are you going to put out there? I mean, that has kind of become that with The Mandalorian, with some of the behind the scenes specials, with some of the documentaries. But most people were more excited about I'm going to have access to the entire library of Disney movies and mm-hmm. TV shows. I'm going to be able to watch Darkwing Duck. I'm going to be able to watch Cinderella. I'm going to be able to watch insert my favorite movie or TV show here. I'm going to be able to have access to it. That seemed to be what people are more excited about. Not necessarily like B minus original content. No, I, I agree with you. And that that's why I've always been perplexed by the business model of these streaming services. I've been perplexed. I, I, I always had a belief system that when Disney plus launched, they would have the upper hand and would start to gain market share on Netflix because Netflix, they have the original content, but to the point that it's almost too much original content. Like it's, it's like you have to sort through all this, this B minus grade stuff to get to some of the stuff that you actually do want to see. And again, they're, again, they're the reigning champs right now. They own the largest market share. I, I completely, you know, they, they get it, but at a certain point, the American public does have to take an evaluation. I have three streaming services right now, four actually. I have Hulu, you know, which costs me $15 a month because I do the no ads or maybe it's maybe it's $20. I think it's $15, $15 a month for the no ads. I do Netflix, which is $12 a month. So I'm up to 27. I do Disney Plus, which I paid for up front, got two years and got one free. But eventually that's going to be, let's just call it 10 or 12 bucks by the time everything shakes out. So now I'm at $40 a month, right? And then I have Sling, which gives me my live TV, which is costing me $30 a month. So I'm up to $70 plus my my internet. So I'm at $130 now. I might as well just buy cable at this point. Right. But the problem is, well, and that's the key. all those things, you know, <laughs> and you're leaving out, um, HBO max Peacock, CBS, all yep. access. Um, like you're, you're, you have just scratched the surface on the streaming services. And I mean, this is a, a broader conversation about streaming, but you know, kind of this was supposed to be, Oh, you can cut cable. You don't need cable anymore. Yeah. All this other stuff. Well, the issue is that all these companies went, well, we're going to take our, our, content back to our own platform and so you can only get all the episodes of friends on hbo max they paid like half a billion dollars for that and you can only get all episodes of the office on peacock and i mean that's great that i i I understand that they're trying to get people to sign up for their service but i mean to be honest with you i i don't have netflix i have disney plus and that's it because I'm, i'm i'm not playing this game of Oh, I want this. And so I, I I have to buy this and the bill just ends up going through the roof. So I I really, and I will say this, that the combo between Hulu, Disney plus and ESPN plus, that's a good combo. Like this is where Disney strategically did it right, man. I mean, them buying 20th century Fox, having the largest stake in Hulu, they have ESPN. I mean, they kind of own the market. And, and even though Netflix is number one right now, 
Disney is gaining some footing in in terms and and I think if you combined Hulu's number of subscribers and Disney Plus's number of subscribers and you just sorted out the ones that are are separated between the two of them, I would say they're pretty close to what Netflix probably has because again, I mean, Hulu, I love Hulu. Hulu lets me see live TV the very next day. So if I don't catch it the night of, I'm able to watch it the next day. Saturday Night Live, every Saturday night, I don't watch it. I don't stay up late. I just wait till Sunday morning and watch it Sunday morning. You know, that that's Hulu right there for me. So, but you're right. It, it's the cost factor. And, you know, I, I look at how much we're paying for it and it goes, do I really need this? I, the only reason why I'm paying for Sling TV is because I want my, my news channels. I'd like to be able to watch yeah. the news and what's going on because I don't have live TV otherwise. So yeah, sports for me is the big one that yep. I, I, I really had to give up. Now I found like free ways to watch it, but, um, um, cause I, I'll, I'll be honest with ESPN plus ESPN plus is, is not great. They're another one that's trying to like, hey, hear Peyton Manning talk about this game. I'm like, I don't want to hear Peyton Manning break down the game. I want to watch the game. Well, <laughs> like, so I, I will say I, this. If y'all want to listen to something on ESPN Plus, my brother who was on the show a few months ago with the Cars episode and who's the announcer of our show, uh, he uh, just got renewed on his contract. He is broadcasting all Eastern Michigan basketball games uh, this year. So, and you'll catch them on ESPN Plus. Just a little plug for him. Ryan Woolley, look him up. You'll find him. So, oh, that's cool. I may yeah, have to sign up for a free trial and listen to an Eastern Michigan basketball game. There you go. There you go. So, um, so yeah, it, it costs money. Here's what I'll say. It costs money to watch all those streaming services, but this podcast will never cost you a dime to be able to listen to. You just got to listen to our ads every once in a while about Riss and Cal, fourfrills.com slash shop. Use the promo code beers and you will get 15% off your purchase, like we said at the beginning of the episode. So, um, all right, Matt, you got anything else before we close out the show? Bartender saying, get out of here. Yeah, I think we've, we've uh, to keep the metaphor going, uh, finished our vanilla ice cream for the episode. <laughs> but I wanted sprinkles. <laughs> Sorry, this, 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 this movie doesn't come with any sprinkles. It's just vanilla yeah, ice cream. <laughs> it's vanilla with an occasional vanilla bean on the inside. So. <laughs> Oy, all right, my friends, you can get a hold of us on social media and we would love to get social with you virtually. Of course, find us on uh, Facebook uh, beers and ears podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram beers, ears, 1928. Feel free to email us at beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Right now, we have a contest going through the end of the year. If you share, uh, whenever we post up about the episode, if you share with your friends and take a snapshot, take a screenshot and share it with us that you did that, we will enter you into um, a drawing uh, for one of those Bluetooth speakers I talked about at the top of the show, Matt talked about at the top of the show. Um, you can also rate and review us, Matt. How many stars are we looking for, bud? Five stars, five stars. I do want to say thank you to Lucy Jones. Uh, she wrote us this really nice uh, fan mail note and sent it to us. Uh, she said, happy holidays. Thank you for being my fave podcast. You've been a really positive change to listen to during a busy day. Keep it Disney, Lucy Jones. And she runs the gym cubby, which I guess is, um, if you I put that, that, this up in the group, but she just handmade ornaments like beadwork and stuff. It's actually pretty cool. She sent us a Mickey Mouse and a Minnie Mouse um, handmade bead ornament that we can hang um so definitely check her out we put it up on the facebook page but lucy we enjoy uh, having you as um as a listener so thank you for that fan mail that was really nice of you 
Yeah, we all love right. hearing from you all. It's, it's really great when people reach out to us. We, we really enjoy it. We do. It's fun. We read every single one of them. So, all right, Matt, uh, it's time to raise our glasses. Yes, or our raised glasses of eggnog or hot chocolate or whatever you're drinking. Tea was my uh, beverage of choice while I uh, uh, decked the halls of my house. So raise that glass. This episode's been on us, and we will see you next time. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>